Bailey and Harper, we are back. Mother effers. Somebody told me to stop cussing as much. We opened the last episode with a lot of cussing, and so we're going to be better today. Fuck that. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, there you go. Roman Harper says, fuck that. I say hello to episode 67. That's such a terrible number, and I get why you hate offensive linemen now. <laughs> because the last couple of like episodes, it's been such a struggle to name dudes in the mid-60s that are worth talking about historically and now i just feel like my first thought was hey well let's talk about what happened in 1967 but like other than the beatles releasing sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club one of the most acclaimed rocked albums of all time not much happened in 1967 either it's just a terrible fucking number it's an awful number you know what i will go with a teammate of mine ryan khalil number 67 and he's one of the few interior linemen that I feel I really epically stupid right now. Appreciate and actually really like <laughs> is that. And I told you, I said, look, unless they're like big time game changers, I don't even like appreciate them that much. And Ryan Cliff was one of those because of his ability to be able to snap the ball, be outside on a pull technique, which a lot of centers can't do, and then also his downfield blocking in screens and other run plays where you just see him just running. He's a really great athlete, obviously, so his dad played in the league forever. His brother played in the league forever. So another first-round pick who's just bigger than him. Uh, but, yes, Khalil as well, first-round pick. Or maybe he was a second-round pick, but, yes. How did the center. tables get turned like that? The tables turned like that. I was the one shitting on offensive linemen. And you came in like, you know, I really respect Ryan Khalil, my brother <laughs> in Christ, one I of the greatest Khalil. football players to ever do it. You're over here. Po- anyway, that was. Uh, I'm a was- big Khalil fan. I mean, we still text and chat and check on each other, man. He's doing great things out there in California. He's helping produce and make movies out there, which totally fits his personality. He's completely a West Coast guy. And uh, he checks in on me. He's lost a ton of weight, which doesn't shock me. He was never like a huge, huge guy. So. Happy for him. Uh, but, yeah, there so, it is. I, I could have gone Bob. The next Co- number probably won't be as nice. Is it Bob Koikenberg? Bob Kuykenberg? Bob Kuykenberg? I don't know. But he was a two-time Super Bowl champion. Boom. And, and a two-time first-team All-Pro. Boom. He was a six-time Pro Bowler. Uh, played. Sounds very much so like Ryan Kalilson. Played 14 years for the Miami Dolphins. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we played at Notre Dame. There it is. There you go. Fighting Irish. Yeah. Um. Man, there's a lot of things that have happened in the past week that uh, that we should probably talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but let, let me start with, obviously, you and I are watching coverage of a shooting in Charlottesville right now. Um, yes. That place has had its fair share of uh, unfortunate news coverage the last se- several years. So I'm sitting here watching this coverage, and uh, you'd stepped out of the room, you turned it on, and I watched the police chief in Charlottesville announce live that they've, uh, they, they found the shooter. Three football players, UVA football, shot and killed last night on a school field trip on a bus to D.C. Mind-blowing. Uh, I mean, I, I saw the news this morning. Um, I, I, I saw it, like, on my YouTube this morning, but I didn't click to listen to it. it I, I was just still early. I was trying to get the kids ready. Yeah. And this is way worse than I even anticipated. This is really, really sad. Um. Not a good situation at all. I don't know enough about it to really speak on it. But you watched it. Go ahead and kind of share with everybody. Well, no, I mean, the thing is there's only so much they know right now. But, I mean, when I saw the headshot of the guy they were looking for this morning, or at least I think that's what that was, I saw his tie. 
and it was the same tie that UVA football players wear in their headshots and always have. Um, I just know that as somebody who's yeah. covered, covered the ACC, covered the Commonwealth. Right. And so I knew right then and there, I was like, oh, this is either a football player they're looking for or this has something to do with – and sure enough, just awful news. Um, anybody getting shots, terrible. But UVA president Jim Ryan confirming, this is per Nicole Auerbach of, uh, of The Athletic, says uh, players, football players Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry were all killed. And said so the shooting last night occurred on a bus full of students returning from a field trip. So, uh, th- I mean, just thoughts and prayers go out to everybody in Charlottesville. Yes, there, obviously, a couple of years ago, there was the uh, you know rally with the white supremacist folks and the now infamous good people on both sides comment by Donald Trump and uh, the, the unfortunate incident with the car and someone getting multiple someone's getting hit as that man mowed through um, those in the crowd. So uh, they have had some some incidents up there in Charlottesville. There's no doubt about that. And but, before all this, I mean, people knew Charlottesville, but it was definitely not in the media for things yeah. like this. Thomas you know? Jefferson, Monticello. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's beautiful place. And yeah. I heard it's a great city. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's um, a cool college town. I, I, I'm partial to Blacksburg, obviously, but uh, clearly on a day like today, I'm not going to speak ill of Charlottesville. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a beautiful country. There's no doubt about that. You know, it's really sad um, dealing with losing teammates or people that you love man it's just I mean all you can do is pray for those and how about the family that woke up this morning just you know with some of their young bright future uh young men and their family all gone well and I would say this and I'm I'm, it was more people killed too I think yes yeah so I think and I want to be careful in passing along numbers here because I've already noticed in what the police chief just said I agree but I from what what I saw earlier I agree with you Kyle I I don't want to get that wrong because I'm looking at a headline from the Virginian pilot right now in Norfolk that says two UVA football players are among three killed but the police chief just said it was three yes uh university president as well so it's all very fresh. It's all very fresh. I don't want to get that wrong, but you know, if there's anybody equipped, and this is where the fucked up side of it comes in, but it's true. You know, their head coach is Tony Elliott, who spent the last several years at Clemson, played at Clemson. Um, Tony Elliott, I don't know if you know this, had a horrific upbringing, just in terms of the the trauma that he experienced. Mm-hmm. He watched his mother die in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's there's so much more to it than that. But Tony Elliott has known tragedy since he was a little kid. So he's managed to navigate life through all of that and still find his way to being very successful head coach at an ACC university. Um, so if any, if any head coach is equipped to get his team, the, you know, part of the athletic department through that, it's that guy because nobody's seen or dealt with more tragedy personally than Tony Elliott. thousand yeah. percent. And um, <coughs> as, as right now, man, you, the, you're going to have to be a great leader of men right now. Oh, yeah. To be able to get them through this. Virginia's already – as a football team, not even talking about the university, but as a football team, um, have already had their ups and downs so far this year with new coach Tony Elliott. So um, this will be another one of those things that they have to deal with. Uh, it's another sense of adversity and just loss. And I, I don't know how you have that conversation because I've never been a part of that. Um, so this is something new. Um, we have, unfortunately. Both of us have. That, that's why, I'm, you know, they're our rival, but – you know, when when the shooting happened in Blacksburg, they were the first people there to help. Yep. So, you know, that, that's just how it goes. And we all know that feeling in Blacksburg. And there's well, you're not still a, brothers, man. You oh, still yeah, stay, absolutely. Stay the same state. Absolutely. You know, same um, way as Alabama, Auburn, you know. Huh. How about Auburn having a big week? Big uh, win this weekend. Sorry. And, and what, that was a crazy yeah. jump. No, no, it, it is. Well, I, I do want to get to that. I, I do. But there's actually something to kind of wind us out of that for a second. There's something I wanted to ask you about because I just saw that your boy Shaq Thompson's tweeting. Uh, they all got their, their talking points, and, and I get it. Like, I understand why. 
But what do you think about this? Shaq tweeting yesterday, quote, no one knows the beating of our bodies, uh, the beating that our, our bodies take when playing on turf fields more than us. How many more injuries before the league opens their eyes? Hashtag safer fields. All the players are doing this, right? It's a, it's a coordinated campaign across the NFL. Okay, I mean, that, that helps. Yeah, they're all doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But they, they want, you know, natural surfaces back on NFL playing fields. And, I mean – I'm not, I'm not going to argue with him. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of injuries, a lot of soft tissue injuries, and, you know, guys coming up lame. It, it's, I think it's obvious. These guys clearly do. I think if you have do. a dome, then it's like you can have, like, what do you, not everybody has the ability just to be able to cook grass right. and bring it in. Like, right. I think there should be some exceptions to it. Like hydroponic stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I got you. I got it you. has to be some kind of exception to the rule. Um, But, you know, maybe having a more – identify a surf like a uh, uniform surface when it comes to maybe the indoors but and I could definitely see it as a Carolina Panther like I thought the grass was way better here on this turf this field they had Carolina had some of the best surface in the NFL that they all removed to put in the uh, the turf field for the soccer so um but the concerts Roman but the concerts <laughs> But that's serious, though. Like that's one of the things that they that these that these owners want, bro. They don't want to be ripping up turf and you know resodding fields and all. They want to have concerts. They want to have a game on Sunday, and but then the following week they want to have Shakira in on Thursday, Garth Brooks in on Friday, a big college football game on Saturday, and a and an NFL game on Sunday. And you can't do that with grass because that shit gets trampled and turned you know to mud. That's, that's something I never thought about, Cal. Oh yeah, that's what they want. <laughs> So, like, we all grew up playing sports on grass, right? Yes. All of us. It's now, true. It is better. It's easier on your knees. By the time I got to high school in the early aughts, you know, there were enough turf fields around that, you know, you would you knew you were going to play on one or two a year. But almost everything else was exclusively turf, and you didn't see the same kind of injuries. Now, strength and conditioning programs are different now, too. But still, I think it's – I get why these guys are looking at it. I, and saying, I would hey. love to know the numbers behind that stat um, to see why they say – or want want it that way. I would love to know the numbers behind it. I, I don't know the numbers. I played on a turf surface majority of my career. You know, every year, what, for what, eight years? I mean, however long I played in New Orleans, you know, I had nine turf games, minimal nine, because you had eight at home, and then you had one in Atlanta. That's like – so I played in like half my – I don't know. Yeah. It's – um, I did tear an ACL on turf. That was my rookie year, but it wasn't because of the turf as much as it was my teammate hitting me in my knee <laughs> and missing the guy <laughs> who's supposed to hit on the tackle. Um, but, yeah, so everybody has their own opinion about it, at least at least their uniform about it to try and bring awareness to this. Yeah. I would, like I said earlier, I would love to know the stats behind it. Um, and my personal opinion is I I loved practicing on the just the regular grass. Yeah. Like I was – way less sore than I was later on in my career. And maybe a lot of that had to do with Carolina and their practice habits taking care of me a little bit more. But I did appreciate uh, on my lower body what grass was. Hmm. All right. Just want to see what you thought about that. Now, playing on the end, like playing in the indoor, like, but playing in New Orleans, the practice surface was had, a, it was weighted differently with sand to rubber. And we did this one. It was more of a slower track, but it was easier on your legs and knees and your, like your lower body long-term wise. So the practice turf was different than the actual game turf, which is a little bit faster of a turf track, the way they had it more, a little bit more rubber, less sand, a um, little bit more bounce to it, 
but um, and we they discussed that with us. So when they all when they first were redoing it all, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's interesting that now is the time. Like right. it, they're all coming out now. And it's like, nope, we've had enough. Hashtag safer field. See this shit, change it. I, I, I don't know. This is all a, I, I guess it's a PA thing or just a players thing. I don't know who all, how many guys are doing it, what they're saying. And like I said earlier, I can't speak on it because I, at least I can't speak on it as in a deeper, you know, be able to, and more intelligently be able to break it down. It's just that, like, I can only go off my own raw experiences, which I had plenty of it. Um, I mean, but, you know, hats off to them if, they, if something comes out of it. I don't know. What, what do they want? Because, like you said, the owners are like, dude, bump, like, I'm sorry for cursing, but fuck you. Like, right. Like, we got a bottom line here. Yeah, I got a bottom line here. <laughs> right. Like, you're playing in the field. Yes. And until we get it all changed and we can work something out, like, you're playing on the field. Right, but that's the fucked up Wait, thing. What do they expect all of them to do? You, you know how sometimes Some of I, these are not movable. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know how I go on some of these rants and things about stadiums and who pays for them and taxpayers and shit like that? It's part of the problem. Is you because do do that. In order for that to make sense for them financially, what do they have to do? Host a shitload of events at those places. You cannot do that on a natural surface. You can't. You'll kill the grass. I didn't even think it's how grass that. works, right? <laughs> so you then put your players, your product at risk by putting them on these fields over and over again, right? But the players would tell you they feel disposable anyway. So it's a conversation. And they kind of are. Well, I mean, yeah. So the average lifetime, the average career span is what, three and a half years? I think it's just understandable on both sides. Look, the owners are going to do what they got to do to make money, which I kind of, man, who can blame them? Uh, well, you can blame them. I mean, in some ways, you can blame them. Let me look in D.C. Look at look at Dan Snyder. Like, oh, you, yeah, you, you can. There are instances it, it is where levels to this too. Kyle. There are levels to it. You can blame <laughs> a lot of these it. guys for stuff like that. Let, let me change the subject though for for a second. Did you see Chappelle on Saturday Night Live? Did you see his opening monologue? I just uh, went back and watched it. Yes. Yes. All right. So I was praying that you saw it. What did you think of it? I thought it was funny. It was kind of typical Dave Chappelle. Yes. Thank I you. thought it was very. The one thing I like about Dave Chappelle is he's, I mean he's pretty honest. I mean he tells yes. you his opinion. In a funny way, and he's able to deliver things that are really funny. And um, I thought it was really funny that he, the first thing he said was came out and apologized for anything that he may say. Is how you buy yourself some time. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> that's how you buy yourself some time, Kanye. And uh, and but it was it was just it was uh, I thought it was funny. It really was entertaining. Yes. Our, our, it was did, great. Did everybody appreciate it or some people still? Somebody's going to be mad regardless. Yes, like, I think exactly. that's just the world we live in because the loudest people are the ones that everybody pays attention to, even though they're like less than 10% or 15% of like people that actually really care. And most people probably appreciate it, and they always appreciate Dave Chappelle. And he's just a funny dude. Hey, I love the way he opened it because, well, anyway, he says, you know, early in my career I learned there are two words you should never say together. The... And Jews. And everybody was like, oh, shit. Where's he about to go with this, right? But it's so true, right? Because you and I talk about all sorts of things. We've talked yeah. about race and politics and all sorts of things. It's always felt like, and I've never had a, an ounce of hatred in my heart toward anybody that's Jewish. I, didn't, I don't even know why I would. But yeah. when I hear people say the Jews or just refer to them as Jews, I'm like, Ugh. it's just I can't. I, even if I don't mean anything by it, I can't say the phrase. And so I know what he's saying there. Um, but it was funny the way that he opened up and he put everybody on pins and needles right away. They were like, oh shit, where's he going to go with this? But the, the other funny thing about Dave Chappelle and that, that opening is that there are people who came out of that like, oh man, he really slammed Kanye West. 
No, he didn't. Uh, he didn't. I didn't feel that way at all. He he made some jokes at his expense. Yeah, of course. But, but Kanye kind of set himself up like this. Because when he said he, he he brought up how Kanye said, I mean, I can say anti-Semitic things. Yeah. And Adidas can't get rid of me. <laughs> and he was like, bro, like 24 hours later, he was like, done. He Adidas was like, dropped it was, him with a quickness. <laughs> yes. Like, he was just like, man, just like, bro, like all this happened. This all happened. <laughs> And it was not fast. It was like boom, boom, boom. It was like yes. And he, but he he told the story before how he went on the um, he went on the Hot Ones podcast with um, oh my gosh uh, Noriega. Yeah, the Drink Champs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nori and uh, and all those guys. And so yeah, Drink Champs. What I call it? I don't know. Anyways, so you know the first episode how great it went. It was good. Da da da. Then the second episode it was like oh, that's where it kind of went down. Oh yeah. Then we got into this situation. I, I thought his his take on um, the Ukrainian war was funny too. Um, that was um, I think everything was uh, it wasn't funny, but the way he delivered it was good because he was just saying like, I mean the Ukrainians like nobody thought that they were going to be this good of fighting uh, for their country, and it's been awesome to see overall. But. So it, it's it's just funny again to to watch some of the reaction, like the pearl clutching to Dave Chappelle. Literally just fucking being Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Like the same Chappelle that you... Because you get these people now who if he hurts their feelings, oh, he's lost it. Or he's just bitter. Or he's, he's turned into an angry version. of No, he's always been this guy. He's just aging like everybody else. He's just being himself like he's always been. And he's his just, self has changed over time He's just a too. slightly different version of himself, right? Yeah. But that guy, nobody walks that tightrope of comedy like Dave Chappelle does. And you don't know which way he's going to go. And, again, I, I thought it was – Even at the end, he, he took another uh, – it was another little uh, shot at Kanye when he said – he went from like a billion – and he, he's like, man, you know, I have my chain on. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Kanye was like, bro, only, bil- only billionaires don't wear they, – they ain't got to show their money. Oh, like, yeah. He's like, oh, snap. He is, I mean, that obviously goes without saying he's one of the funniest people of all time. But yeah, dude, it was great. He's just so dialed into it. And I, I love I, I listened to it while I was cutting my grass. So I didn't even get to see him act it all out, which I know he did. Look, and last thing on this, and we can move on. But, like, I, I the one of my favorite lines, too, was, you know, Kanye got in so much trouble. Kyrie got in Good trouble, call too. on this one, Kyle. What's that? On this kind of, oh yeah, absolutely. But like he, you know, it, it's one of my favorites. You know, Kyrie got in trouble too. Oh yeah, he said that's what he said. He said yeah, it yeah. And now here's here's the thing, and I think you and I have talked a little bit about this. Maybe we did on the last podcast. I don't like Kyrie very much. I never have. Like I don't, I don't. I think Kyrie said enough stupid things in the past that I stopped paying attention to things that Kyrie says. Right. <laughs> Two thousand percent. But unlike a lot of other people, I haven't jumped all the way. He's anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic. I mean, I'm like, I, I don't condone anti-Semitism. I don't think you should hate Jewish people for any reason, personally. Yeah. You know, but Kyrie is a allowed to have his own beliefs, and b, you know, Kyrie. I didn't watch the documentary, so the extent to which it's anti-Semitic, I've just taken from other people's opinions and try to piece it all together. But like, you know, Kyrie. At the same time, you don't get to retweet something, by the way, and be like, I didn't promote it. That's what you're doing when you retweet something. Like that's the one thing that annoyed me the most about Kyrie and all this. What I did see, where he's like, oh, "It's not a, it's not a promotion, bro." You retweeted it without any context. Yes, that's so, what that so is. So that was that was my only problem with Kyrie is that look, at least be able to like whether you put a comment behind it, but when people follow up with questions, be able to answer or like speak your opinion eloquently and sure. to deliver on that. Yes, right. Yes, whatever you were coming from, whatever angle. Because you said you weren't promoting it and this, this, this. Like, look, I get it. But, and I haven't seen the movie, so I can't talk about and it. And I'm not going to watch the movie. Uh, 
I probably won't either. I don't have any interest in watching it. But he has to be able to speak his own mind and decide and like and be able to tell it and not sit up there and newscast and news at a at a interview and be like after the game be like, I don't wanna talk about it, this, 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 like but getting very defensive about it. It was just a bad look overall. But at this point, I'm not surprised because Kyrie has done multiple situations or gotten himself in these situations completely about everything. Only questions you have about Kyrie are completely everything off the field. Off that, the that's board. it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith's ranting. We don't know if Kyrie's going to go to work today, right? Because he's, he's gone down some YouTube rabbit hole. Who fucking knows? But like Charles Barkley, even not that long ago, was like, yeah, he's not the brightest crayon in the box, right? So when Chuck's saying that about you, like maybe take a note. But I digress. I said to somebody else the other day, yes. I don't think, but the, I'm, the I'm list not of with demands, them trying to make them. Yeah. That, I'm not trying to have them. Make you're trying to make that dude bend, bend the knee. Bend man. the knee. The, you're I agree. Really, and, and as a I man, agree. as a man, I would, that's what everybody's like, bro. I ain't with all that. I, I get it. <laughs> I, I, understand, I understand why. And this is not in defense of Kyrie, but I understand as a man. Yeah. Bending the knee like that, I, I'd have Not a, only that, Kyle, but if people in this country can sit up there and talk about, you know, hating people because of the, the color of their skin or I'm a their white religious guy. beliefs. I'm a white guy. Let me tell you something. I, and this is not some what was me bullshit. I'm at times one of the most unpopular people in the country right now, depending upon what pocket of America you're in. They're fucking white men. I'm like, bro, I'm just here existing. I didn't do anything. But, I I mean, again, contextually, I understand why there's some some conversation going on. But I'm not walking around ass hurt by it all the time. right? And, And so, like, that's last thing on Kyrie, too, is why I don't have any sympathy for him and why I don't pay attention to him, is that if you truly believe that the Jews, the Jewish people, I can't do it, because it's just more polite. The yes. Jewish people control everything. What did you think was going to happen when you retweeted that shit? <laughs> if you truly are of the belief that Jewish people control the media and the money and the and what did you think was going to happen when you retweeted what you did and you say the things that you say? You said By that. all means, say them, but there are consequences to saying this shit, right? Every, and everybody, there should be words, the consequences the, to The words. commissioner of your league's Jewish. Yeah. Adam Silver's a Jewish man. Do you think he was going to be like, oh, shucks, Kyrie, I guess you have a point. What did you think he was going to do? I didn't even know that. <laughs> what did you think he was going to do? So, anyway, I just love that Chappelle hurts people's feelings still because we still need comedians, not, not in a mean way. Like I, somebody the other day told me, yeah, well, Chappelle's just gotten to where he's punching down. He's not punching down. He's I, not. I, I don't think so at all. He swings I, at everybody. Yeah. He swung at Kyrie. He even, but, but he also swung at the Jewish community like he does. Right, mm-hmm. he swings at the poor whites in Ohio like he does in that fucking monologue. It's fucking. A, and he does as he, a white he, person. I think that's fucking hilarious. He does. He, but I think he's because he hangs with them and he's around them. Like I, I truly believe these right. come from real life experience. Right, and he's just able to deliver like his life in in a comedic way. It's antagonistic yeah, in a shit talking like, way, and it's out funny. With these white people that he's talking about that love Donald Trump. Well, it's, it's it's like and he he and he what he said about it was so funny because he was like, oh damn. Everybody's like, it, it, it's like what the story he tells about Daphne in his last stand-up, the transgender woman that he was mm-hmm. friends with that killed yeah. herself, right? Yeah. He, what he was trying to explain to people is, I can be friends with this person. I don't hate you for being who you are, but you will not, you know, for me, change my objective reality that men are men and women are women. But that doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean that I, I can't be friends with you. And oh, that, yeah. that was ultimately the story that he was telling. Yeah. But all the people who hate him and you know, who want to fight that culture war battle heard was, he's a transphobe. He hates his, his speech is violence. No, no. He's, he's telling you a story while also holding true to his own convictions and beliefs. And I, I hate to break it to you. 
There are a lot of people out there just like him. Well, that's, that's the beauty of America, too. It's like, it's like we should be able to do this, and it shouldn't be crazy to think that. But like I said, it's extremes on both sides of the aisle right now. Crazy left. Oh, God. Crazy right. Yeah, but Most, democracy's on the ballot. <laughs> the majority are right there in the middle. I actually think like – Democracy's always what, on the ballot for the record. I think that's what the voting has told us, Kyle, is that nobody really wants crazy on either side. No. It's just like – No. They don't. No. You know what I mean? We were told to expect a red wave, a red tsunami last Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, the polling backed it up, right? Now, all this stuff, like it was coming. It didn't. They took back the House slightly, and yeah. they lost – they're going to lose at least a seat in the Senate, possibly two. But you, but you – but I mean by going from the crazies that you did see some things go – different like uh maine has a republican yeah, governor for sure because like you know they people yeah, don't want to go you ever been to maine no a lot of I like a lot of conservative folks up there believe uh, yeah a lot of backwoods people up there want to be that, left the hell alone yeah they want to be left the hell alone exactly yep. and then also out in california they'll have some uh, quite a few republican uh House I think they're going to have a couple of house seats. Northern here. California in places is very rural and conservative. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, that's really cool. So um, I, I, I just – nobody wants to be too crazy left and then too crazy right. All that stuff, they're the loudest ones. I get it. But it also shows that the uh, – I'm also – I'm interested to see what comes of the Republican Party going forward. Oh, they're falling apart at the seams right now. Because <laughs> – they really have, like, the elephant in the room is Donald Trump, and he's a really big deal. <laughs> and so, to see, I mean, he's already started coming at Ron DeSantis. It's today. Is he making this announcement today? No, I think it's Tuesday. You're all over it, though, because he's going yeah. after Ron, Ron <laughs> DeSanctimonious. DeSanctimonious. It's a terrible nickname. It's terrible. <laughs> Old man, sit down. You're, you've run out of gas. Go, but, go sit down somewhere. Hey, man, you never know what might stick. So, but I, I think it, today he's, today's the big announcement where Trump may, in fact, announce that he's running for president. No, I, I think it's tomorrow. No, well, I think it says November the 14th, right? That's today. Oh, well. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Well, anyway, the point being – there, I mean, Josh Hawley, all these other Republicans, conservatives, like, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, we, we need a new message. This was a failure, blah, blah, blah. And I do think the Democrats are going to, in some ways, interpret this as like affirmation that everything they're doing is right. It's not. Th no, this it's was not at all. I, Roe v. I, I, Wade was on the ballot. I mean, that I was think, a big one. I think they have to try and continue to move more centrist. I, I would be, look, man, it's crazy. I know I don't want to sound like a politician. And, you know, in the fact of the midterms are just now passing. I'm already talking about the presidential election in 2024, which I hate about but you have politics. To. You have to. But you have to understand that's what it is. You have to. And so who will who will be up for president on both sides for the next election? I, it's going to be very, very interesting. This should be the turning happens. point. This should be the turning point for the Republican Party to dump Trump. It should be. And, and like his most ardent supporters are doubling down, you know, thinking that this is all whatever. I th it was obvious at, at the midterms they got a future without him and they either embrace it or he fractures the party down the middle and they don't win another election for 12 years. <laughs> it's going to be something along those lines. And the, the funny thing to me is that I don't think um, I don't think Donald Trump will stop attacking other people in the Republican Party that he doesn't like. So. Um, it would be interesting to see. Like I said, I'm really, really interested. I'm, it's it's kind of it's going to be entertaining to see 
like including the the Fox News network as well because I try and watch that as much as I can and to see how they cover um the Republican Party going forward, um, who oh, yeah. they're going to be rooting for, because that usually kind of tells, because a lot of uh, more conservative media outlets, I want to see what they do. Sure, and and not only that, you got to figure too an announcement for him. I think Chris Sununu, the governor of New of New Hampshire, yeah, um, called it silly if if he announced his presidential run that. today. I saw well, that, and he's not wrong because you, you got you got a runoff in Georgia, right now. I've said this publicly on Twitter, so I, I probably have, I, I was going to back off, but I'm going to say it publicly. Herschel Walker's an embarrassment. Like that guy, he can't string together a coherent Just sentence. Just listen to what Dave Chappelle said. I, I know. He can't. <laughs> what did Chappelle say about him again? <laughs> he said he is um, visibly, um, <laughs> like, uh, visibly not that smart. I, I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling okay. it up right now because I, I got to find it because it was funny. It was but, very funny. I, I mean, he's he's literally a pawn. Like, Herschel Walker is there to be a surrogate vote for the Republican Party. Um, he can't form coherent sentences. He called illegal aliens Martians last week. Um, <laughs> now, I mean, he did. You saw that, right? No. No, he, he called them Martians. Like, he thinks they're from another planet, I guess, coming in spaceships. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, that no, he said Herschel Walker is um, observably stupid. Yeah. That's what he called him, <laughs> observably stupid. He is right. that. He is observably st- – Georgia deserves better. And it's not even that I'm a diehard Raphael Warnock fan. But, like, I'm not saying every elected representative in the history of this country has been a great, noble, and, you know, scholarly man. Mm-hmm. But how far have we fallen if we're going to send Herschel Walker to the Senate? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, and I'm sure that side would give me, you know, some dummy on the other side that they think AOC is stupid. But, like – Herschel Walker, Marge Green, Lauren Boebert, they're just their own brand of dumb, right? And, yeah. and we need to root out that kind of dumb. Did, did Boebert win? Uh, no, she lost. She lost. Yeah, she lost. Um, I just feel bad for people in Georgia that, you know, the best that they could offer them was Herschel Walker on, on, on the Republican side. <laughs> well, and, the oh, thing- and they're, they're claiming fraud, by the way, because Brian Kemp won the gubernatorial race. He's, you know, he beat Stacey Abrams yep, again. Yep, yep. So Brian Kemp wins. And they're thinking that doesn't – they're like, why didn't that carry over down ballot, right? You know, there's fraud going on here. It's like, no, there are a lot of Republicans who listen to Herschel Walker open He's his mouth. and re- He He can't speak coherently. Well, Mitch McConnell talked about that months ago about we got to make sure we still deliver good candidates. Yeah, like, you think? Candidate matters. And uh, he knows that. And everybody, they, everybody else should know that. But the biggest thing in so, many, so much of this – past election cycles Republican ticket was um, Donald Trump would endorse you and be with you on stage if you denied 2020 elections. Yeah. Yeah. That was like part of the deal. And it did not work in a lot of these places. Uh, Arizona, it it totally messed up the whole like ballot. They lost everything in Arizona because of it. Yep. Um, DeSantis won the governor. I mean, he 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 destroyed Rick Scott. Um, won by 17 points. And then, uh, you know, Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia. You know, Virginia was reliably Republican for 75 years. 
Um, only recently in the last 20 years, Flip blue largely because of Northern Virginia, but flipped back to Republican with a Republican governor, uh, a few, uh, I guess, last year, basically with Glenn Youngkin telling Donald Trump, stay away from me. Like, he's like, stay away from me. They, like, don't, don't come over here. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't that bad about it, but he basically told him to stay away. Mm-hmm. So you got these guys and these folks that are winning, and I think basically Brian half— Brian Kemp did the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, Trump made an ass of himself in Georgia. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not sitting up here saying there's zero election fraud. We all know that some election fraud exists. But on that scale, you've got to prove it. Otherwise, shut up about it. And I think right. a lot of people— and, and so the thing that I hated, Kyle— as I was passing through Georgia, like all the negative um, radio stuff, it's tons of it out oh, there. Oh, right God, now. yeah. And it'll probably continue to go on uh, as long as Georgia's election continues. It is a, let me tell you, as someone who works, in, you know, with that down the hall, it's a very profitable endeavor. <laughs> Conservative news talk radio, um, been a lot of money made. Rush Limbaugh was, I mean, yeah. just stupid. I mean, it, and, and so, you know, all that though, um, Kyle, is that, you know, to just hear it, uh, to be about it all the time, it, it, it is kind of, it's different. But I, I want to see, all I want to say is this, because I don't want to keep going into politics too much longer. No, no, I want to talk football. I do too. All I would say is I, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm kind of excited to see what happens because I don't know where the Republican Party will go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be super interesting. So I walk in. Let's change change gears here. I walk in. You're watching film. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the saddest film you could have been watching when I walked in. Kentucky Vanderbilt. (laughs) Um, Just the saddest of the sad. I I have been very – you know what? I'm going to back up. down. How about that? Clark Lee, the man who told us back in July, this is going to be the best program in America. Now, they're not. They're not that. But they got more wins now than they had in the last whatever year. That's true. And they're playing better football. And they just beat Kentucky. How pissed are you if you're a Kentucky fan? You got all this talent, one of the best running backs in program history. You know, Will Levis can be a top whatever draft pick, at least we're told. You know, you got talent defensively, but you keep losing games like this. You get smoked by Tennessee in prime time. You lose to Vandy at home. Like Mark Stoops has done a really good job built, you know, raising the floor of that program. Kentucky, as you and I have talked about, and you know better than anybody, used to be a win on everybody's schedule. Right? True. Kentucky's been tough for years now. They fight you. Right? Yep. They, they beat my guys in a bowl game here in Charlotte two years ago. They're physical. Um, but I don't think it's unfair if you're a Kentucky fan right now asking, hey, is this about as good as he can get us? Or, you know, where's this I all going to well, go? I, I, I don't – this is about as good as Kentucky can get. They're not to a point where they just, like, recite – like, just reload every year with recruits. Especially up front in the O-line situation. Their O-line has not been good and consistent all year long. Chris Rodriguez only masked the problems that they have up front with his running ability, be able to bounce off guys, run through to arm tackles. You know, college kids, they ain't trying to they ain't trying to run into no 235, 40-pound back. No. They ain't trying to hit that dude. No. no. So, so <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a lot of businesses. We watched Deontay Foreman do that to the Falcons on <laughs> you know Thursday night. Like, yes, absolutely. If you're not getting paid to do that 30 times, nah. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. So, and, and so that's where Kentucky's really struggling at. And um, it, it's kind of seen over and over. Will Levis gets hit a lot. Look. I um I, I love Will Levis's attributes. I don't know how successful he will be as a quarterback on the next level, though. Um, you know, 
I don't know. It's just one of those things for me. I don't want to really dive into breaking on Will Levis right now. No, Anyways. no, I got you. I just But Kentucky as a whole, you're very sad. And look, Kyle, I remember the, after the first week of the season, I played so I watched him play some middle of the road, some directional school. And afterwards, I got on Paul Feinbaum and he asked me about him because it was a big game versus Florida. I said Kentucky's offensive line looked a little soft. They looked soft. Yeah. All right. They weren't pushing around guys like like they were in the last year, which last year they had two or three guys get drafted. All right. One kind of early to mid rounds. All right. But they were good. They've been starting for two or three years. Like they were solid. They were really good, actually. Yep. Uh, Lynn Bowden ran the ball like 60 times in a game. And all they did was <laughs> run. So it's like they, this is what they did. And so the first game, I called them soft, and they freaking lost their shit on me. Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> you remember I this? saw. I remember. <laughs> I had people texting me, like tw- tagging me in tweets. Tell your boy how about that right there. And I'm like, bro, tag him. I, I got nothing to do with this. <laughs> yes, Kyle. So that happened, right? And I had to stand up and on my own and defend myself in my space and where I was at. And eventually, and when I said Ole Miss was going to beat them, they beat them. They beat right? them. So I was right. So then they backed off me, and then they lost the Vandy at home. And, Kyle, I have a tweet that I probably will put on Instagram or social media later today. Yes. That says, are you trolling them? I'm not trolling them. Yeah, you are. I'm, I might. <laughs> I might. I might. Kyle, I might. Okay? I might. For real. This, this, uh, this one kid – Text me, and he doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of followers. Okay, he's only got five hundred fifty-seven followers. All right, some young man. You're punching down, Roman. Hey, like I'm Dave Chappelle, honest. you're punching I'm only down. Being honest, <laughs> he says he, te- he tweets, uh, he Instagrams me. I sincerely apologize on behalf of all Kentucky football fans. We are indeed a very soft football team. Yes, post that. <laughs> yes, it's big of him. It's you know nice what I mean? It's big. But and you so, definitely should post that to troll him. I should definitely post that. One thousand percent. Don't take the high road. That's not. No, no that's not don't fun. Do no, don't do it. You just smile. You don't have to like dig in. Just be like, you know. See. I'm just. That's all I'm saying. You just so, subtly troll them. Yes, and um, and so now I don't even feel like that. I would more celebrate the fact that Vandy, the way that they played and competed, Mike Wright bouncing back from actually losing his starting position to Swan, a true freshman, came in. He never quit on this team. He's part of the leadership council, which Coach Clark Lee has brought in and done such a great job with. And I'm just really proud of them. I saw them this this offseason, got to meet some of these young men. I mean, they're putting in their all. And it's a program that's not superiorly funded like Mm-mm. the other war machines that we got in the SEC nope. <laughs> of football. And so to go out there to beat a team like Kentucky, who, like you said, has a – "Quote unquote first round quarterback." Well, you know what he didn't. He didn't. You guys over four quarters. He didn't look like it. All right, and you outplayed him, and you held him to field goals, and didn't allow him to score touchdowns, and you beat him. And so I hope they celebrate. I hope they really enjoy themselves. And also shout out to my boy Jordan Rogers because he was scared to pick him. Yeah. Now, what I need you to tell me though, I need you to admit that the single best quarterback in all of college football though resides in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Because Drake May is that dude. Drake May is balling right now. Um, they asked me who were my top Heisman guys. I had him in my top three. And the number two guy I had in front of him just fell off my list because his name was Bo Nix. He's out. Did he have that Heisman moment? Drake May, Drake May moved up. 
I'm still I'm putting Stetson Bennett in my top three. Look, man, I'm telling you, Stetson Bennett had the most swaggiest move of the season so far after he scored a touchdown yep, told the Tennessee fans to keep that same energy, dog, calling me now. Where you at? Calling me now. That was the most swaggiest thing I've seen. It, it was. That's you're not, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. So, you want to talk – Who he has the best Heisman moment to me of the season because that is what they're going to show if he was to actually win it. That's Fair all enough. I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> But, I'm but glad Dra- you respect my opinion. Drake May will be the number one overall pick. That uh, dude is the real deal. I just like it because when I get to talk about him, I get to tell everybody he's from Myers Park. He is from Myers Park. <laughs> he, he is that. <laughs> and so I got to see him in high school. So And I will say this, too. Like, and I didn't know how good he was going to be coming out. I, I saw him in high school. And look, man, he had a really good coach in high school. Um, oh, my gosh. The football player forever. Oh, my gosh. Um Luke McCown, not Luke. Oh, but, uh, Josh, Josh McCown, yeah. Yes, Josh Luke McCown. Luke my teammate. Yeah. So, you know, Josh coached him up at a young age, but, dude, to see him, he's athletic enough. He, I didn't know his arm strength, but the arm strength is great. Yep. He throws a great deep Runs ball. it really well. Yeah, he does everything, and he doesn't turn the football over. His Look, man, when I watch quarterbacks, I grade them on what's in between these six inches up beside up he's here. He's got so much Decision touch. making is so much, so, so important. It's not about arm strength. It is – but that's not that's not my number one determining factor. But it's still knowing your arm strength and knowing what throws you should yes. and should not attempt to make. And then if you do, anticipation. Yeah. You throw it early. My boy Vilma was just talking about how he was so shocked how good Tua Tagovailoa has been this year for Miami with the Dolphins. He was like, dude, this guy's throwing like forty yard routes before the dude breaks out of it. He's just trusting the knows the, how fast the receiver is. Yep. And he letting that bitch chump. Yep. And just like getting it out. And like it's, it's impressive, falling, bro. It, it's been very impressive. He's like, dude, it's he has this weird like he's like, I nobody else is really doing this, dog. He's got this weird anticipation thing. And I, I saw him back in week one against FAMU. And I was like, All right, it's FAMU, but like you can and you know this better than Oh anybody. no, I saw the FAMU game. He put up Big numbers. But you, I thought it was like, oh, maybe it's just FAMU. But so he's continued this. You know this better than anybody because you've been around enough high-level athletes. You just spot things. You know right away, you know, hey, that guy stands out or he can play. Mm-hmm. Like the way that he's just effortlessly dribbling a football like it's a basketball. You know, and flipping – he's a ball guy, right? You know, those guys – all quarterbacks are ball guys. But, like, you could tell he knows every seam on that football. And the way that he can throw it, he knows where to grip it when he's throwing against his body on the run. He's throwing – he made one where he ducked and spun out of the pocket. He's running against his body, sees the, the wide receiver break back towards the middle of the field. He's got two dudes trailing him, and it, against his body, throws it back to the center of the field to lead him in the opposite direction mm-hmm. and put that ball the only place that he could put it. And he does that shit routinely. He does it all the time. I, I, so I have not watched enough of his film to really give you a breakdown. But, Kyle, you know what? At the end of this week, next episode – yeah. I'll have a Drake May breakdown. You, I mean, do that because I think you're going to find a lot of the and you're going to find a lot of the same things that I find. I, I I just put him in my my list just because I've been watching some of his highlights and I'm looking at his numbers, bro. His number, he I mean, stupid dude's putting up Tracy T Mac numbers. And you know I will say, I'll be the first one to say they haven't really played anybody. Like they, the coastal. That's fine, but you know what? The fact that they're even in the conversation to win an ACC championship this year puts him in the running because after the first two games everybody was like dude North Carolina is going fucking trash sure. sorry I'm cursing again it's freaking trash I don't care because they they can't stop anybody well so they got that part a little bit figured out 
and <laughs> I said a little bit. I mean, somebody tried to make that argument to me on Saturday because I was like, their defense is truly awful, which should tell you everything about how great Drake May is. And some guy was like, that's a bad take. Our second half defense has been better. And I'm like, oh, really? Because I just watched Sam Hartman hit your linebacker in stride for a damn near pick six. He didn't even see him. Like, I mean, yeah, he had to catch the ball, but that was it. Otherwise, Sam Hartman hit the man in stride going across the middle. So anyway, point being, their defense is really bad. Like, you, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want to on Carolina's defense, but Drake May is so fucking good that he's won them games. He's the reason they're winning games. That's a, that's a three- or four-win football team without him. And you're definitely right about that. So He's, um, a, he's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, they're, they're really, really good. How about, real quick, Brian Kelly and the family in the fucking SEC championship game? Year big one. Man, um, they had a big win, but this team has been the most improved team in the country, man, since week one. They all of them has gotten better. They are riding the wave right now, and if they win, they're in the playoffs. They got to continue. If they continue to win out, they're in the college football playoffs. Yeah. And so Georgia would be in regardless, just because of what they've done. And so it, it, it'd be very, very interesting. This matchup will come down to. How they well? First of all, they still got to play beat Texas A&M on the road, so they need to handle that first. But this guy Harold Perkins Jr. is a freaking problem. Yep, and he's been that way all year long. Shout out to Brian Kelly and uh, who's that? Matt House, the defensive coordinator, for using him the way that they have, allowing him to really just search and destroy quarterbacks. Sometimes they put him on the edge. Sometimes they blitz him off the nickel. Sometimes they just have him, like, hit a guy that's out there in the flat somewhere. And then they have him spy the quarterback, and he's made so many great plays. And he has really, really – he's improved because he knows what he's doing, and he has made that whole defense better. And you see what, it like, what it's like when you have a special, special player and a special talent. And um, the way he's able to bend and move, he's truly the next, uh, the next one in college football. Well, not only that, but college football, but also – in the NFL, he so far is probably the – he's definitely the SEC Defensive Player of the Year uh, right now as a true freshman, which is out crazy to say. But he definitely is, and he's probably been the best player, defensive player in the country if he keeps on this trend, and he'll win that award too. Yeah, that sounds about right. they also have another great freshman that's been balling in the SEC is safety Malachi Starks from Georgia. He's another – outstanding player that just got to college all right you got more tape to watch i got a radio show to, show to do that'll wrap it up for us buddy great work. Hey, great one hey shout out to the state of alabama alabama getting back on track big win versus old miss also auburn huge win under cardinal cadillac williams i remember i went to well, I, we came out of high school together he went to auburn i went to alabama we met at alabama mississippi all-star game shout out to him that was a huge win did you see how emotional that was kyle that team was fighting for just a win. And to, to see that crowd react that way, the people, it was great. For the whole state of Alabama. Yeah, no, 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 I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. I have nightmares of Cadillac Williams. Remember, <laughs> remember the team that uh, got, got, got him and Jason Campbell that got left out of the, the uh, BCS yeah. National Championship game? They took it out on us in the Sugar Bowl that year. Yeah, they took it out I on us. Yeah, they I took it out on us. Yeah, it was that. Hokies and, and Tigers in the Sugar Bowl, and they took it out on us. So uh, that, was a, that was a lot of fun. That hey, was a man, lot of fun. Shout out to uh, and prayers up for everybody uh, back in Virginia with that loss. Yeah, absolutely. Thoughts and prayers to everybody yeah. in Charlottesville. We'll talk to you next.